Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. I'm here today with Teresa Krisky as my guest. Teresa and I have been in Toastmasters together for about a year. She's brilliant, and I'm going to do a quick bio so you know who she is. Teresa is an entrepreneur, speaker, teacher, wellness professional, and now an author. Woohoo! I'm going to show you her book. If you're listening, you didn't see that. It's from stress to blessed. She has had her own corporate wellness business since 1993, helping people reduce stress and live happier, more fulfilling lives. Her passion is to help people change the way they look at things. So the things they look at will change. Ooh, that's a little woo. We're going to talk about that. This process then grows into a way each individual can help themselves grow and uncover the authentic beings they came here to be. She is currently studying at One Spirit Interfaith Seminary on track to be an interfaith minister in July 2022. Fascinating background. So psyched you can be here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so blessed. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. So I would love to start with how did you get from there, wherever there was, to studying to be an interfaith minister? Wow, that's a long journey. But it started, uh, I would say, when I was in corporate America, my first aha moment was when I went on vacation and it took me about three or four days to relax. I was at Acadia National Park and I was laying on the amphitheater seats. And I had this thought, I should be a massage therapist. And I never experienced a feeling within my whole body like I need to do that. So I came home and started doing that and did that for many years. And in the process of doing that, it evolved. It wasn't just a massage therapy practice. I went into corporate America to help people reduce stress there because that's where I started. And then probably about seven years ago, I started having these episodes where my whole body would just start shaking. I had no idea what that was. And I was really scared. I went to the doctors. They were like, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm like, oh, why is my body shaking? And my naturopath finally said to me, why don't you journal and ask your body what it's trying to tell you? So I journaled my non-dominant hand so that my brain could be more creative and just kind of like let go. And what came through was be the minister you came here to be. And I was like, wow, I wonder what that means. Like, I still didn't get it. And I started saying, okay, what that means to me is instead of going to corporate America and say, I want to talk about stress reduction, I'm going to be more authentic and say, I want to talk about being authentic. I want to help people mm-hmm. to know that they have a purpose and they have a gift and they are a gift. And, and my business really took off a little bit. The episodes kind of stopped for a while until one night I had an episode that lasted an hour. 
And it really scared me. And it was a Saturday night. And I went to church the next day and I said to my minister, I don't know what is wrong with me. I don't know why this is happening. And he said, sit down. And he said, I've been trying to tell you. And he had, he had tried to tell me more than once. He said, I think you're supposed to be a minister. And finally I heard him and between the writing and hearing him, I just started to cry. I'm like, no, it can't be. I was, I was 53 years old. You know, I'm like, I can't start something like that now. And he said, of course you can. You're called when you're called. And as soon as I let it in, I had that same full body sensation that I had the day I decided to do massage. And I knew. And and since I said yes to it, my business picked up until COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, I gave it a little while. I'm like, oh, I'll be going back. Because what I predominantly do in corporate America is lunch and learns where large peoples are ga- large people are gathered together, large groups of people. And I do one-on-one chair massage. Neither one of those things are happening anymore. So I had started a book. Actually, I had started two books and I thought I would go back and finish one book, but this one came up on my first. And I said, oh, I forgot all about that book. And I looked at it and it was three quarters done. And I said, you know, it was originally meant to give to my corporate clients. And then I finally said, you know, it really can go to anybody. It doesn't have to just be corporate clients. So I finished the book and on my birthday, actually, August 14th, I actually submitted it to Kindle uh, Direct Publishing and it was published. So exciting. That's how I got here. And I started um, One Spirit. Actually, September was my first weekend. I went to Unity licensed. I'm a Unity licensed teacher. So I did that for five years and I was going to be a Unity teacher or Unity minister, I should say. But Something happened where I realized I really don't know much about other spiritual traditions and I want to know about them. So I went to One Spirit and now every month we learn about a different tradition and it's fascinating. Yeah. And all online. And all online. Yeah. Yeah. Next year, the second year, I'm hoping to actually be going to New York because next year is all about rituals. We're going to learn all different rituals. So that'll be really great. That would be amazing to be in person for ritual. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And I think I think you'll find, and you probably already do, how similar the rituals are. I was um, so I come from a Christian background, so I'm familiar with the Eucharist. And I went to a sort of a Sabbath on a Friday at the camp my daughter was at, which was at the Jewish Community Center locally. And it was just a great camp. So many people raved about it and I didn't care. And I thought, this is great to have exposure to a different culture and a different religion. And I remember, you know, parents could become like the one time. And of course, we didn't understand any of the words because it was all in Hebrew. But the ceremony was so similar. And I said, oh, my goodness, this is just amazing to me how rich these traditions and ceremonies are and how they end up being sort of I don't almost universal. They're the meaning was it was it was not lost on me. It was really neat as a parent. I think for my daughter being quite young, her takeaway was I wish I knew what they were singing. And I was kind of surprised by that and a little bummed out. And I actually suggested it to them afterwards. I said, Have you ever thought about teaching the kids who don't know any Hebrew what these songs mean, at least on a broad, you know, based thinking? Because I think it's important to honor. Now, ironically, my kid who doesn't believe in God at all is in Catholic school. So no matter what, she's getting her dose of faith, whether she wants it or not. 
And that's okay. I mean, this is just where she is. And she may change later. She may not. I'm not far be it for me to determine what she should do or not do. That's just my personal thing. You know, some folks who would say, oh, you know, you should make her go to church. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make her go to church. She's 15. She can make her own decisions. We do, we do make her go to church on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> well, that's a family tradition. And so we do do that. But yeah. So how are you, you know, in addition to the book, how are you getting out there right now? Are you able to give classes remotely so that people can do that kind of thing? I mean, I assume you're still in touch with the various corporations. I am. I am. I've created a virtual self-awareness and residual session. So for 15 minutes, it's a Zoom call with anywhere from four to 25 people on the call. And I start out with mindfulness and then we go into some stretching and some actual, you know, massage and with a two minute meditation. And I read a quote from my book to help people a little bit about you know, what's happening right now, bring them back to their center, bring them back to that place that we all, well, sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't know it, but that we have choice and that we are empowered in our life. So that helps me to, you know, stay in touch with my client, my corporate clients. And quite frankly, I don't know that I'll ever start schlepping my chair around again. I love doing it online and helping people that way. I could get such a vaster audience, you know, in touch with so many more people that way. And it creates you know, there's two things I watched Brene Brown once and I didn't know this, but there's two things that people get out of going to work. They get connection yeah, and they get a sense of belonging. So by having these Zoom calls that aren't just about work, that aren't meetings from work, that are more personal, it helps employees. Because I would only like, for example, I would only take one of my clients and do employees from that client. I wouldn't combine two different corporate clients. It's okay. only for specific ones. So they feel that connection and they still feel that belonging on a different level so that they can connect with their peers, you know, on this Zoom call that's really about taking care of themselves. That's fantastic. I love it. And I'm sure it's a really welcome switch from what everybody's doing, which is getting on Zoom calls to do business. And it's always so intense, these meetings. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I found that people tend to schedule them very tightly packed and then there's no little break in between. And I've had to explain to people like you have got to schedule your Zoom meeting to give people 10 minutes at the end to go do something else because we're not getting in our cars to go to our next meeting. We're not building in that natural time we would have to transition. And I learned the hard way one day when I had four or five Zoom meetings back to back to back that I was exhausted and it wasn't healthy for me. So I've now set it up so that I always have at least 15 minute break in between each one to go get a cup of water, you know, powder my nose, as they said in the old days, and gather my thoughts for the next meeting or the notes or whatever might be the case. And I got much happier when I did that. It was a lot easier. You know, with that natural transition time when you're in an office and you go from office to office to office or meeting to meeting to meeting, you know, you do have that time where you can stop in between and talk to a coworker. And I think knowing that, it's all sort of like you're almost like the water cooler time, but at a much higher, worse sort of spiritual level. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is that I maybe people realize it now, but you know, sitting in front of our computers, as much as it helps us to be productive, there are frequencies that are coming off of the computer. And we our body 
has an electrical frequency running to it. So it affects us that way. After my first weekend, because I don't sit in front of the computer for long periods of time, but for seminary, it's all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And they give you two comfort breaks plus lunch. Right. And I was still wiped out on Sunday. I was like, wow, this is, I don't know how people do it. So it helped me to kind of put myself into the shoes of many people that I help. Right. And what are some of the things that I can do from that perspective? So it's interesting you say that because I say everything has energy mm. and everything does. And so being in front of these computers all day long, it's important to step away. One of the other things I say is, and I'm sure you'll agree, is that you have to pause to be productive. Absolutely. You have purposeful to pauses. We have to have purposeful pauses, intentional. So yeah. can you talk some about that in your work and how you incorporate pauses into your day and how they sort of make you feel more productive? Yeah. Well, you have to realize, you know, when we're stressed out, what happens is our body goes into fight or flight. And to come out of that, we have to take a breath. It's the one easiest thing that we could do. So to just stop and take a breath and then another breath and then another breath. So we physically, physiologically get our bodies out of fight or flight so that we can actually change our thinking. If we stay in fight or flight, we're going to stay in that thinking and that's not going to be helpful. So I'm consciously breathing as much as I can during the day, taking breaths. Because another thing that we do when we're sitting at the computer sometimes is we stop breathing completely. Mm. And we really want to get oxygen to our brain and to our muscles so that we don't contract and so that our brain stays very creative. So I do a lot of breathing while I'm working. I do a lot of stretching. I mostly sit on a big ball, right. I'm balancing constantly while I'm sitting at the computer because I'm doing now more writing. It's not an all day thing, but that's how I incorporate stretching. I'm constantly standing in the doorway with my arms to open up my chest. So there's lots of things mm -hmm. that we can do to help our bodies at this time when we're kind of sitting in the same place. And then we've got the additional pressure or nervousness about this COVID-19 and how do we prevent ourselves from getting it and how do we stay healthy? How do we stay as healthy as we can? So all of that is a part of what we do for ourselves when we lower our stress levels. Right. And that's huge. You talked about that stretch and it's very interesting because I never thought about that, the opening your arms and stretching out the front of your chest. So I tend to get a lot of tightness in the back of my neck. And when I was going to the chiropractor, she said, you have to do the stretch. And I said, how's that going to help my neck? She said, trust me on this. So what she said was everything has like an opposite. So if you're stretching the, your back, you should also be stretching your front, literally. And I, I had never thought about that. I thought that's just brilliant. And it really has been a game changer. I don't have neck pain. And it's because I do these stretches on both sides of my body. You know, we're yeah. a yeah. whole. And, and we could even go into talking about how we're body, mind, and spirit. You want, you want to talk about total, total life. Absolutely. Yeah, because if we're contracted, especially in here, right? This is our heart. This is our heart and our lungs. We need to keep that open. Our breath is our life, right? So we need to keep it open. It's contracted and everything in the back is stretched. So as we open this up, we're opening up our heart center and our arms are extensions of our heart. And what do we do with our hands? Wow. We give seed. So we have to keep that open and we have to be able to, you know, there's the, the expression, it's called the law of giving and receiving. And it truly is a law. Many women like to give, 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 but we don't receive. And it's so important that we receive, we let 
people help us because otherwise we're breaking that law and we're breaking that connection that we can be creating. And, you know, it's funny because my book, my sister, there's so many different ways that people use this book. And my sister, it was funny that when she got the book, she decided to read it from cover to cover. I was like, really? (laughs) Wow. She's like, yeah. She's like, I read it from cover to cover and I mark the pages that I need to go back to. Right. She said, I could feel it while I was reading it. I was getting tense. So I knew I had to go back to that part of the book. And she said when she did, she was able to feel like she used the questions at the end of each page to help her look at what was going on. So I just bring that up because it's it's something people use it in different ways. Another woman was preparing for a meeting and she needed an opening quote. And there was my book sitting there. So she just picked up the book and she said, okay, give me a quote. And there was the quote right there that she needed and she used. So it's very different for everybody. I don't know that I'd be able to sit down and read a book like this from cover to cover because it's so much, so much. So I tried. I tried to read it cover to cover. And and I'll be honest, I got frustrated and I realized it's because it's really not meant for me. It wasn't meant to be read to cover to cover. So it ended up, what I did was almost like a um, meditative practice each night before bed, I would read one little chapter. And these chapters are small. They're just two pages, right? And you can see I've got these, Um, if you're watching on video, if you're listening, then I'll tell you that I have these little blue tabs. And so one of the things I found most fascinating was the the quotes are not just from business people, or they're not just from movie stars, or they're not just from spiritual guidance leaders. They're actually from all over the place. So the first one that I kind of picked up up upon was the choice section, inspire, and to influence, move, or guide by divine influence. When we are inspired or inspire others, we are living from the inside out authentically. And the quote that really struck with me was actually Ella Fitzgerald. Now, I mean, Ella Fitzgerald is a famous musician. Just don't give up trying to do what you want to do. Where there's love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong. And I just thought, wow, you know, I wouldn't have gone to look for an inspiration quote from Ella Fitzgerald. It's just not what I would have done. I mean, I would have gone to listen to some of her amazing music and it's fantastic. Another night, and you know, I let the flip pages just swell open. So at, at nighttime, it just opens. It's not like I specifically am going in to look for something. I'm kind of doing a very intuitive thing here with the book. So the next one was um total balance. A, allow. Give someone permission to do something. Give the necessary time or opportunity. And this goes along with receiving, right? And asking. It's allowing, which is why I just get such a kick that that's what you're talking about. And here I am with this. <laughs> the one I chose here was, and I never say his name right, Thich, Thich Nhat Hanh who is the Buddhist monk, I think I'm going to say that right. We humans have lost the wisdom of genuinely resting and relaxing. We worry too much. We don't allow our bodies to heal and we don't allow our minds and hearts to heal. So there's that mind, body, heart, soul connection. So this is what's so interesting to me because when I was going through my cancer journey, one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was to ask for help. And then to allow it in and to receive that I was going to be getting all these gifts from people. And by gifts, I mean gifts of time, gifts of humor, gifts of prayer, gifts of food. It wasn't, oh, someone got me a shirt. It was much more along the lines of service. And in allowing these in when you're this powerhouse woman who's always done everything for yourself and is not used to other people taking care of you was a tremendous gift. And what I learned was the gift wasn't just for me. It was for them. They had an opportunity to help someone who they really wanted to help. 
And, and if I got nothing else out of cancer, that's the thing I got. And that is just a fantastic thing. And as we're recording this, I'm right at my five-year cancer-free anniversary. Wow. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. So this is a exciting time. It was going to be a huge party. Oh. <laughs> I'll say with the pandemic, there will be no party, uh, not anytime soon. Maybe for the sixth year. I don't know. And it's the irony is kind of rich because... I spent my 50th birthday having an I, I guess an IV of uh, saline because I was really quite sick during that time. I was at just after my eighth chemotherapy and I had gotten what anyone else would just have as this common stomach bug, but which I couldn't throw because I was, uh, you know, my immune system was just shot. So me, we just had a huge party for my 51st. <laughs> just said, you there know you what? Go. Oh, well, it didn't work out for the 50th. So we'll have a big party on the 51st. But I guess that's what's going to happen here. It's a little theme. We're going to be celebrating a year late. And that's just fine. Yeah, I'll just roll with it. So, so. And I just, I just want to ask you, because I, I know you somewhat, and I imagine that you're probably a pretty giving person. Mm. I think if you knew somebody who was ill, you would do whatever you could to help them. So not thinking like you're going to give to get, but it has to balance out at some point. Right. So the re- like that you allowed all that in is twofold. First of all, you probably already gave, but now you have more en- time and energy to give again. And right. when you and you're going to be giving from that place of knowing and having more compassion and understanding of what what you're doing, you know, and the gift that you're giving. So there's a funny story around that exactly because a girlfriend of mine has just gotten through her treatments. And sometime this summer, I had been thinking and thinking like, what's the perfect gift? What's the perfect gift? I really want to get her something she really needs and wants and would make her happy. And nothing was coming to mind. And then one day she was on Facebook and she's just like, my favorite ice cream is whatever it was. I can't remember now. And I am just wanting some right now so badly. And I can't get out to get any and, you know, the store is out of it and blah, blah, blah. And I went on, I think it's Gold Belly. And they sold all these different kinds of ice creams and they had it. And I sent her six either pints or quarts of this ice cream. It's a crazy amount of ice cream. She's like, I said, you better start making room in your freezer. So she's like every freezer cranny putting these ice creams. And she said it was the most fun crazy gift to get because it's what she wanted right in that moment you know because let's face it when we have our favorite ice cream craving it's it's, it's hanging out till you have it and I knew she was going to have it for a couple days so it was just this fun fun thing and I think giving really changed for me it became about giving experiences so we no longer really buy gifts for each other at least not me and my husband he's most likely to get me a gift card to a spa is a little tricky right now, but nonetheless, and I get him gifts to sporting events. Mm-hmm. So it might be this golf tournament he's always wanted to see or a baseball game. And then what's really neat is he will often take his dad and his dad loves sports. And it's such a treat for him time with his son. I mean, that's a gift that double gives. It's just amazing. Yeah. Great feeling. So I'm loving that. We're kind of wrapping up, I think. Do you have any last words of wisdom about wellness and productivity? Well, yeah. The, the less stressed you are, the more productive you're going to be. So whatever you can do at any point, just keep breathing so that you can allow that new thought to come, whether it's a new thought about work or it's a new thought about your situation, whatever. But we have to just remember to keep breathing and listening. You know, as we breathe and we 
get still, that still small voice will come through. And that still small voice wants the best and the highest for us. So it's going to want us to be productive in a way that's going to be in our highest good. So mm-hmm. I think that is how we can end this session. I agree. I think that's lovely. Thank you. How can people find you, Teresa? I am all over the internet. <laughs> My website is totalbalancedlifechoice.com. My book and all of the things that I do are there on Facebook under Total Balance Life Choice. And I'm also on Instagram, Total Balance Life Choice. And I have a YouTube station under Teresa Krisky. And the YouTube station, actually, if you go to it, you'll see little mini sessions of massage, like how you can massage yourself, your neck and your arms. So that might be something that people might be interested in doing. That's fantastic. And the book is on Amazon Books, From Stress to Blessed by Teresa Krisky. Yay. From Stress to Blessed, TLC Guides to Living Authentically from Your Essence. And I love the authenticity piece, which gets overused. But in this case, I love the use of the word authentically. It really does fit the book. So pretty exciting stuff. I'm very happy for you, my author friend. Thank you for coming on. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming event, Uncluttered Holidays the workshop. This is going to be held on Tuesday, November 24th at 1 p.m. It's about an hour and a half long, and in it, we'll be actually working together to set up much less stressful holidays for you and your family. Again, that date is Tuesday, November 24th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Just go ahead and pop that date on your calendar so you hold it. It's a very reasonably low-priced workshop, and I'm looking forward to you seeing you there. There's information in the show notes. Just click on the link to get all the details. I hope to see you there. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.